Well, I, I just want to finish off with um, a, a word of scripture and um, uh, thanks very much for your, your contributions. Thanks for your patience. I know these kind of meetings are not always the most exciting kinds of meetings to have, but uh, I thought we'd finish off nonetheless with uh, a word of scripture and um, something I hope will, uh, will encourage us for the next uh, maybe 20, 15, 20 minutes or so. Is I wanted just to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Uh, and just say a few words about it. But Paul says, uh, But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God, among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one a fragrance from death to death, to the other a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not, like so many, peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. And I want to just focus on verse 14, uh, this evening, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. We are, I hope, uh, coming to the end of what I think has been a, a difficult and testing and trying time for the church generally across the, across the country. And uh, as I said earlier, um, I think these times have been sifting times for the church generally. Um, many congregations up and down the country will simply cease to exist because of the shock of last year. It has been too great for them to bear and they will not return. And I believe this will be felt most in churches which speak uh, about the gospel but have long since forgotten how to articulate the gospel to a needy world. Uh, such churches often adopt other priorities than the gospel while talking about the gospel. And such churches will often undergo a long and relentless decline which may take decades to play out. Because, for a simple reason, that they are held up by the weight of their history and heritage and their capital assets. <laughs> you know, money does perpetuate buildings and uh, congregations. But sometimes a shock comes along and the whole edifice comes crumbling down. And this last year, I think, therefore, for many congregations and possibly denominations, there has been such a shock, and it's all in the providence of God. Um, last, at the end of last year, internal discussion documents of the Church of England emerged into the public domain, suggesting that they are expecting uh, one in five regular attenders not to return and therefore they are planning for a 20% reduction in staff and clergy and uh, buildings and so on. 
Uh, and of course, the, the, public, the publicity machines kicked into play and said, no, 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 that's not, that, that is not true, don't worry. But it, any church will be, like the Church of England, for example, will be worrying about its future. And any other such church that has long since forgotten what the gospel is. But these, these times have been testing for gospel-believing, gospel-preaching churches as well. And it's been a trial for us, uh, both as a body of believers and uh, as individuals. And it's at times like these, I think, we need to keep our heads turned in the right direction and our eyes fixed on the right things. That's why I wanted to, to look at this passage and to, to focus on this, this verse, Thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. Just a word about the context of this passage. Um, Paul begins his letter talking about the, com- the comfort of God that, brings, that God brings in affliction, uh, difficulties, trials. God acts to bring comfort. And no doubt, and Paul has no doubt that his suffering, his suffering is necessary in this gospel work. Back in chapter 1 verse 6, he says this, If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. That suffering and struggle and trial is part and parcel of what it means to be a Christian in a hostile world. And that suffering is shared uh, across, not just, uh, it's not just for the apostles, but it's uh, for the whole church. The church must be ready to face trials. Sometimes those difficulties are, are, are difficulties within the church itself. Uh, thankfully, I need to say that in, in our own situation, uh, we have had very little internal division and, and trouble as a church throughout its history. Uh, I speak to other pastors and sometimes I, I, I think I must be an imposter because my life is just not like that at all as a pastor because they have such uh, trials I know nothing about. But uh, Paul uh, had a, an uneasy relationship with the Corinthian church. Um, it was a church that had slipped easily into sin uh, uh, you know, these, these Christians coming from pagan backgrounds, uh, but sins in their lives stubbornly clinging to them as they come into the church. And the practices of the, of the Christians seem to continue in a pagan fashion. And uh, Paul has to address some of the, the pressing issues. And so in chapter 2 verse 1 he says, uh, I made up my mind not to make another painful visit to you. Because for him to go to them always seemed to result in kind of contention and arm wrestling and, and pain within the church. And he remains pained as he writes this letter. Now, in, in, in that background, does Paul then complain about it? Does he, he try and... Uh, moan a little bit and try and garner a bit of sympathy for all that he is having to go through. I mean, after all, he's got reason to do that. But not a bit of it. 
Uh, Actually, the opposite happens. He says this, verse 14, but thanks be to God. Thanks be to God in the midst of us. And that's Paul's basic point. In the midst of all of this, thanks be to God. Let's follow Paul uh, and consider why he's able to give thanks to this God. And he's got a couple of things, a couple of reasons why he should give thanks to God. First of all, this God always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ. What a statement. God always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ. Triumph. Victory. It's a word that's used of... of, uh, the Lord's victory over the Egyptians as Israel is saved and the army of Egypt is destroyed in the sea in Exodus chapter 15. God triumphs over his enemies even as his people struggle to get out. It's spoken of Israel's kings who gain victory over enemies. And all of those kind of stories in the Old Testament, they are, they are the warm-up to the great event where God triumphs over his enemies on the cross of Jesus Christ. Colossians 2, 14 and 15. The record of debt God set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. So God triumphed through the suffering of his beloved son, And he has won a great victory on the cross. And now there is a triumphal procession. A victory parade. Not simply a future victory parade. And that is true. There is a future victory parade. There is a glory that's going to be revealed To the whole of creation as the sons of God are revealed. As Paul says in Romans chapter 8. But what we're talking about here is the present. The ongoing triumphal procession of the church. Where do we find that procession? Well, it's found in us who are in Christ And notes, this is, this is Paul speaking. In all his afflictions, with all his painful experiences, inside and outside the church. And he is, Christ is gathering his, the church. He's gathering us into his truth. And Paul says, God leads us in triumphal procession in Christ. You see, this is a story of the true church of Christ throughout history. That as people hear the gospel preached and are called to Christ and by faith are grafted into him and thereby are justified and glorified, they join the triumphal procession. And notice that this is happening always. Always. Every single day. 
God is leading us in triumphal procession. Not just in happy times, not just in times of unprecedented spiritual power, which God at times sees fit to grant to us, but always, always, at all times, good or bad, for the church. Isn't that the story of the book of Acts? Isn't the book of Acts the testimony of that procession of God through all the persecutions of the church, through all the disappointments of the hypocrites of the church that are portrayed there, through all the sufferings of the apostles? And is it not the story of the church throughout the ages, ever since, through all the same kinds of things, through persecutions, through disappointments, through pain, through anguish, Through it all, God leads us in triumphal procession in Christ. So the application of this for us this evening is true for us too as a church. It seems, I don't know, I don't know how you think about our history as a church, but from my perspective it always seemed like an interminable struggle at times. And especially perhaps in this last year. And it may be be true for us, some of us as individuals in this last year. Personally, we've faced personal struggles and trials. Whether just because of the general gloominess of the pandemic, or personal illness, or... Whether, it's, whether that's physical or mental or whatever it may be. Brothers and sisters, be encouraged. God always leads us in triumphal procession. Always. Through it all. He continues to do his great work in you and through you, even though you are finding it difficult. Be encouraged. He is at work. So turn to God and trust in his promise, this promise. He always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ. But there's another statement here about what God is doing in the midst of all this. Another promise to believe. Through us, he spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. Believe it or not, wherever there's a Christian, wherever there's a a church of believers who hold to the truth of the gospel, there is a fragrance. (laughs) There is an aroma that emanates from that church and from these Christians. Uh, Last week, I don't know how many of you did this, but last week we had our first visitors in our house for months, actually inside the house. And uh, they were friends of Susan's through her work, or her online work. We actually got to meet some, some of her colleagues, uh, uh, one of her colleagues and his family, uh, face to face. They wanted to see our dog. <laughs> they wanted to see Henry, because they're thinking they're, they're about to get a dog as well. And so to prepare for the visit, and to try and dispel the dog smell, which no doubt has accumulated in our house. Susan had one of those aromatic candles burning in the hallway. 
And it was nice, you know, and the, the fragrance of it eventually goes everywhere round the house. You smell it everywhere. And it's, you know, it's nice. It cheers people up, doesn't it? It, uh, it makes you feel a bit happier. It makes visitors feel welcome. That's the idea of it. Uh, poor Henry, our slightly smelly dog. But, but this is what the church is like in the world. Not the smelly dog part, the, the fragrant candle part. Uh, and there's a perfectly good reason for this, which you find in the prophets of the Old Testament. Hosea, Hosea chapter 14, verse 4, uh, where Hosea is bringing God's redeeming words uh, to his people, and, and God says, I will heal their apostasy. I will love them freely, for my anger has turned from them. I will be like the dew to Israel. He shall blossom like the lily. He shall take root like the trees of Lebanon. His shoots shall spread out. His beauty shall be like the olive. His fragrance like Lebanon. Now whose fragrance is God talking about? The fragrance of Israel. Who is the true Israel? Who is the fulfillment of Israel? The Lord Jesus Christ, the true Son of God. And all who are united to him by faith, grafted into him. In other words, the church of Jesus Christ. And so because of the blessing of God, because of the the dew, you know the dew that comes down in the morning? I'm sure some of you are up early enough to, to see that. The dew that comes down and brings life to the desert. There is an aroma of beauty and life that emanates from the church into the world. And that fragrance, God-given fragrance, gets everywhere. Gets everywhere. Friends, I think that we should be encouraged by that this evening. That fragrance gets everywhere. As you survey church history, the church gets everywhere. And therefore, the fragrance of the knowledge of God gets everywhere and is going everywhere. A few more people groups to, to reach yet, but the fragrance is spreading across the world. And that means that wherever you and I go, the fragrance of the knowledge of God is going with you. So you, those of you who maybe uh, stay at home mums with your children as you teach them and guide them, you're spreading the fragrance of the knowledge of God. Or you go to the school gate to pick up your kids and you're talking to parents you are not believers, but you're spreading the fragrance of the knowledge of God by being there. Those of you who go to offices or classrooms or hospital wards, you're bringing the fragrance of the knowledge of God. That's what God is doing in you. Or if you're called to yet another Zoom meeting <laughs> in your makeshift home office, you're bringing the fragrance of the knowledge of God into that Zoom meeting. 
So much more could be said about this, and, and Paul does go on to say something more about it. Just Let me just say briefly, uh, first of all, that this, this fragrance is, isn't actually sweet to everyone. On the one hand, the fragrance is life to those who are being saved, is, is what Paul says in verse 15. So expect, as we live for him, with all our struggles, to f- uh, expect to find people who are strangely uh, attracted uh, to us and to, to the life we live because they see something in us that is, is, is attractive and they, they love. And maybe they, they can't put their finger on what it is, but they're, they're drawn to you because they want to know more about what it is that's different about you. Keep praying that people will see that effect in you. There will be those who will find themselves hungry uh, for more. But on the other hand, uh, the fragrance is a fragrance of death to some. Uh, Death stinks, doesn't it? Uh, And to some people, and some of you have experienced this, some some people will find you annoying and irritating because you have convictions about things that really matter, especially about this issue, how to get right with God. And people will be annoyed about that. Some people will be annoyed about that. And they may not even know why they're irritated. But they smell something and they don't like it. But don't let that discourage you. Keep living for Christ. Keep speaking for him as you're able. And may God use you and me to spread the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. It's been a a tough year, but it's certainly not been a wasted year because of this promise. Thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. And through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your wonderful word. We thank you that you are um, at work in us. That all of this is your work. And none of it is of us. That whatever feelings we have towards the, the work of the church... Whatever faith we have, whatever zeal we have, whatever love we have, uh, all of it comes from you. For you are the sovereign God who changes lives. And we give you thanks that you have changed our lives. We give you thanks that you are at work in us and in the world. We pray you'd help us to remember just where we sit in your great plans and purposes that we are in a triumphal procession, that Christ has the victory, that he reigns and rules, and nothing is wasted in bringing him glory. So Father, we thank you for this last year. We pray that as we uh, look ahead to a year to come, Lord, continue to go with us, Continue to lead us in this triumphal procession. Lord, give us a heart and a hunger for more of you and more of your word. 
May you bring glory, ever-increasing glory to your name through us as a church. And for the salvation of many in Solihull, we pray. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.